Hello and welcome to another edition of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. Uh, this is your host, John Jantz, and my guest today is David Meerman Scott. Uh, certainly, this audience knows the new rules of marketing and PR. Uh, recently, I don't know how he did it, but he wrote a book called Marketing Lessons from the Grateful Dead in about two weeks. And now <laughs> he's going to come out. He has another book coming out uh, called Real-Time Marketing and PR, um, almost a regular guest. I think this is your third time on the show, David. Thanks for joining it me. It is. Yeah. It is. It's my third time. Thanks for having me back. So maybe we'll yeah, talk that, just, just that, briefly about uh, the dead book, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, um, I wrote it with a co-author, Brian Halligan. Brian is the CEO of HubSpot. Right. And both of us are deadheads. And I, uh, together, uh, we've seen the band um, uh, jointly over 150 times. So, and some of those shows even together. So, we both love the dead. We're both marketing guys, and we we realized, having seen each other speak and read each other's blogs, that the Grateful Dead tends to creep into our work. And then one day we said, "Hey, let's do a webinar." So we called the webinar "Marketing Lessons from the Grateful Dead," with almost no promotion. Uh, we ended up getting 1,700 people to show up and a whole bunch of tweets, a bunch of blog posts, great comments from people. It's like, whoa, there's something going on here. <laughs> so, And that was April 1st of this year, 2010, April 1st. In fact, and that was that date was selected uh, uh, consciously, right? Exactly, to be, a, <laughs> a, be a little bit foolish. So we did it. We did the webinar and then we decided hey you know let's maybe we should do a book we you know got wiley on the horn and they said mm, sounds like a good idea let's do a book and it was in bookstores in Ju in july of that of this year it was it was start to finish uh a little bit more than three months the entire project from idea through to books on the shelves and you know you're an author you know very well that you know, it takes a long time to do a book, not just write it, but the whole production thing. I mean, you submit a manuscript and it takes six months before you see the book. So I guess that proves that, number one, you can write a book quickly, and number two, the publishers can, can produce a book quickly because we did this thing in, in a little more than three months start to finish. Yeah, that's the closest thing to a uh, good segue to our next uh, topic, but that's the closest thing to real-time publishing <laughs> that that we're probably going to see in from a traditional house, at least uh, currently. It, 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 was, it was actually really, really quickly, although there's a better example of really fast um, – there's um do you remember a couple months ago, three, four months ago, Barack Obama oh, right. fired General yeah. Stanley yes. McChrystal. Yeah. And when I, I think you've heard this story before, but general you know, he was the commander um in the Middle East. And Dave McCulloch is a, an author. He wrote a, a book called Truman. And there was a chapter in the Truman book, which came out about fifteen years ago, I think. Um and it was called Truman Fires MacArthur. So um, he, he and his publisher, in literally a day, created an ebook, sold it for I think two bucks, dollar ninety nine, on Amazon, uh, Amazon Kindle, and it was called Truman Fire, Fires MacArthur. So it provided an interesting historical context to the Obama fires McChrystal um, uh, uh, article, or, or sorry, you know, situation buzz, right? Yeah, perfect, a perfect example of. Uh, of, of these ideas that talk about in, in real-time marketing and PR, and it's just fascinating. So not only can a can a publishing house get a print book out in less than, in a little more than three months, they can do an ebook in a day. Right. So 
you know, next time there's something going on in the news, you know, maybe maybe they yank a chapter out of the referral engine and and, and toss it in up as an ebook. Well, and and we're going to get into that very very subject: real time marketing and PR. How to engage your market, connect with customers, and create products that grow your business. But I first I have to um, tee one up for you. I read that you wrote that this book is the most important book of seven books you've written. So I've got to hear why that yeah. is. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. I mean, you know, we always think our <laughs> latest book is the most important, um, and I recognize that. But when I put out the new rules of marketing and PR, that was the book actually published June 2007. I was writing it throughout 2006. And as I was writing the book, I was thinking to myself, wow, these ideas are really new. Yeah. This is really different. I mean, the old way of marketing compared to what I call the new rules of marketing, really different. I just in my gut had a feeling that this is really important stuff. And then the book came out. Unfortunately, the market thought so. You know, it was on the bestseller list for six months, and it's now in 26 languages, I think. So um, it, it, it seemed to to really capture something, I think because it was fairly early to identify some of the trends that we're now all living through. And I think the same thing's true of this real-time book. The idea that what the web allows us to do is to communicate instantly, and so few organizations are thinking about how to communicate and react and engage and, and take advantage of opportunities right now today, um, not tomorrow, but today, um, it just feels to me, as I was writing and as we're in the process of, of pushing this book out, uh, it comes out November 1st, 2010, I, I just feel that it's even more important today than the new rules was in 07. That's just this feeling I have. I mean, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll definitely see when it happens. I mean, it's easy to figure out whether I'm, a, uh, I'm full of beans or not. Well, I, I, I would say without going out on too much of a limb, it's it's probably an equally important evolution of new rules. How's that? Um, that's good. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, and yeah, that's... I called it a follow-up, yeah. which I'm not sure. But, well, you know, no, you, you don't want to call them follow-ups. You know, that, no, I don't. It's, I, it's I, breaking I, I new not. ground, right? But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things that I find when, when I talk about this whole real-time, particularly with small businesses, is they're like, come on, give me a break. I'm doing everything I possibly can, and now you're telling me I've got to, like, react to the news. Um, yeah. So so it really is a bit of a mindset shift, isn't it? Oh, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> yep, absolutely. The the tools are, are, are what everyone's talking about is in terms of social media. Right. The tools are things like blogs and Twitter and, and whatnot, YouTube. Um, but it, real time is just as exactly as you said. Real time is the mindset, the idea that you can do something right now. Uh, and... and you know, it can be a small business. It can be a large business. I mean, anybody can can be can be paying attention to what's going on. And you know, one of my favorite examples, I just think it's just wonderful, is um, a couple of months ago, Paris uh, is actually in late August of 2010. Paris Hilton was arrested for cocaine possession in Las Vegas, and that was a huge story. Lots of people talked about it. You know, you know Paris Hilton, you know whatever. You right. know. <laughs> so what? You know, who cares? So what else? <laughs> But the Wynn Hotel Resort in Las Vegas, you know, it's a small independent, it's not so small, but it's a, you know independent hotel yep. in Las Vegas, not part of a big chain, pushed the same day that happened, same day she was arrested, pushed out um, uh, an, an announcement that she was banned from the hotel. 
<laughs> and, and, and that probably took all of three seconds to do. I mean, it was so easy to do. Yeah. And I'm exaggerating, it took more than three seconds, but it took almost no time to do. And they have five, over 5,200 mainstream media outlets picked up on this fun and interesting story that Paris Hilton, who is a hotel heiress, <laughs> was banned from the Wynn Hotel in Las Vegas. I mean, how wonderful is that? And um, you know, when I ask people in a physical event by a show of hands, about half the people in the room have heard that the Wynn Hotel banned Paris Hilton. Mm. Half the people in the room have heard of something that took them zero money. It, it Wynn Hotels, zero money to do that. And probably in terms of actual work, less than an hour. And all of a sudden, half the people I ask have heard of it. That's the idea of real time. You couldn't do that if you planned to do it a week from now. Right. The only time you can do that is when you react instantly to something that's happened. Yeah, I, I, it, it's a great example of using the news to actually create news, and I think that's probably yes. you know the the mindset uh, shift. Uh, we we got to spend some time together, which is always great. Uh, when I was oh, in Boston yeah. last time, and yeah. um, you, I heard got to hear you speak, and and you obviously were talking about your new book, and you used um, a great example that I think can be can give illustrations to companies big and small about this and that's the whole united breaks guitars even though we don't yeah, have the exactly. visuals <laughs> we don't have right, the visuals right. that you had for that i think you can maybe sing the song john <laughs> why, don't, why don't you set that up and kind of talk about all the the the, the wonderful offshoots of people that took it yeah that. well i think i think many people have heard of united break guitars it's just this wonderful uh video of Dave Carroll, who sings uh, for the band called the Sons of Maxwell, did this video because United Airlines broke his guitar when he was traveling from Halifax, Nova Scotia, where he lives, to a gig in Nebraska, and he was changing through Chicago's O'Hare Airport, which is where the damage was done. He spent a year trying to convince United to try to pay him compensation for the damage to the guitar. They never did it, so he said, okay, I'm going to write a song about you. He actually wrote three songs. And this song number one, when it broke, just... it. it went crazy it's to date had something like nearly 10 million youtube views but it it really climbed very very quickly now what was interesting about that is that there were two organizations that drafted well more than two but two that had very big success drafting off the success mm -hmm. of dave carroll and united breaks guitars both of them small businesses one is taylor guitars and the the guitar that was broken was a Taylor guitar. And when Dave was singing the song, he said, he broke my Taylor guitar. So Bob Taylor, who's the CEO of Taylor Guitars, uh, the day that that broke said, hey, we've got to do something here. This is really great. So he created, with his marketing team, his own YouTube video. His reaction to United Breaks Guitars was a YouTube video. And in it, he tells musicians how to pack um, their guitars and what they need, what the TSA rules are for traveling with in musical instruments, and the fact that you can actually demand that you bring your guitar onto the plane. It does not have to be as checked baggage. Uh, and he made recommendations for how to print out the requirements and whatnot. That video got 450,000 views within just a week or two because the whole planet was talking about broken guitars because of Dave Carroll. And then Taylor Guitar drafted off of it. Uh, I spoke with Bob Taylor about that. He said it took only 
um, a, a less than an hour to film the video. It's actually only a one-minute video, but by the time they set up the lights, uh, did a test, did a couple of takes, the whole thing started to finish less than an hour, 450,000 YouTube views. The second example, another small business, is a company called Calton Cases. They make guitar cases. They're a company out of Canada, so they see this thing breaking. They contact Dave Carroll and say, hey, let's work together. And on the first phone call, which happened that day, the day that the story broke, the day that Dave Carroll pushed out this video, they came up with the idea for the Dave Carroll Signature Edition guitar case uh, and struck a deal with Dave Carroll. He gets a royalty for every case that's sold. Um, it was actually didn't require any serious product development efforts because they just slapped a new badge on it. It's a rebranding effort. And then um, and then uh, put up a website to start selling it. They're actually selling this guitar just a couple of days after the vid video was launched. So, um, again, it's just a great example of when there's something happening out there, um, people can, can, can look at how they can use that to their advantage. Now, are you going to have a success every time? No. But you're never going to know unless you try whether there's something that you can do to draft off of somebody else's um, success or, or even in some cases somebody's failure. What, we, what I've been following recently has been the gap. Uh, they redesigned mm, right. the logo. You right. probably followed that too. And yeah. you know, a lot of people said it was no good. And there's, there's this guy who created a way that you can create your own logo in the gap style. <laughs> um, and he sort of just drafted off of this as well. He's had thousands and thousands of people talk about um, his his little tiny application for he calls it to crap your logo. <laughs> um, um, so you know, just keeping your eyes and ears open. You can if you have that mindset, if you have that understanding that you know I can create a product around something going on right now. I can. Uh, uh, get the media to talk about me right now. I can uh, create um, uh, something that will get my fans excited right now. Uh, but so many organizations, companies are focused on the long-term planning process. I'm not saying you should ignore the long-term planning process, but so many companies are focused so much on that long-term planning process that they forget about what you can do right now. Well, I mean, that <clears throat> kind of begs uh, to question. I mean, is size a detriment to speed? I mean, it seems like it would be the case, and, and certainly in real-time world, even more so. I mean, you probably can't run that thing through legal, can you? Um, you know, I, I actually wanted to know the answer to that question because um, that's an obvious question, very perceptive on your part to bring it up. I actually, um, in doing my research, have found that, no, size is not a detriment. However, and, and what I mean by that is any organization, even a Fortune 100-sized company, can do the things that we've just talked about. However, so many of those companies do have um, legal and, in some cases, um, you know, corporate communications policies in place that that forbid them from engaging quickly. You know, things have yeah. to be run by the lawyers. Right. Uh, they have to go through 15 levels of approval. They've got to get signed off here and signed off there. So, in the case of the Gap logo. You know, if the Gap logo was announced on the Friday before a long weekend holiday in the United States, um, you know, it's not very many companies where an, an employee can make a decision on a Saturday morning that they're going to do something about it. Most companies would have to wait till Tuesday morning, like, like what is that, 72 hours later right. when people are back in the office to engage. So what it requires is a set of guidelines 
that let people communicate when the time is right and have the, the, the policies and procedures in place that permit employees to engage when the time is right. And there are plenty of companies that have those procedures and policies in place, and those are the ones that are going to succeed in the future. So let's say one of these stories is breaking, and you're thinking, oh, I know that the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal and AOL, you know, are all going to write stories about this. Is there a, is there a new way to, to jump in and say engage folks at the media uh, in this kind of real-time world to, to maybe help them write that story? This halftime break is brought to you by Constant Contact. Constant Contact helps small businesses and nonprofits build great customer relationships with email marketing, event marketing, and online surveys. Visit them today at constantcontact.com and sign up for your free 60-day trial. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. So there's a few things. The first thing is um, uh, the, the reporters, when a story breaks are looking for somebody that they can talk to, that they can quote. So, I mean, let's just use, for example, the Gap logo as an, as an example. So as when the Gap logo thing starts breaks and, and people start talking about it, the, the right thing to do is right away start uh, write a blog post about it because the blog post will be indexed by Google <laughs> in real time. Right. And when, and when a reporter enters, you know, the gap new logo or whatever phrase, um, it'll bring up the blog post. So it's essential to do that really quickly. I mean, don't think about it. Just get the blog post out there. You can always revise it, you know, an hour from now or two hours from now, but get that blog post out quickly. That's the first thing. The second thing is uh, do a search on Twitter to see if you can find any reporters um, who are who are who are looking around or asking questions about it because frequently they'll be using Twitter to mm-hmm. to to engage, and then also do your own Google search, um, and particularly do a search on Google News. Now a lot of people. Um, don't realize that if you do a search on on this regular Google, you're search, searching the entire web. If you do a search on Google News, you're searching only news stories that have come out in the last whatever month. So what you do, the reason that you search on Google News is now you'll be able to find, have there been any reporters who have written a story uh, on a breaking subject really quickly? And if there has been, the right thing is to hightail it over to that story on the web. Let's say it's um, uh, it's a Kansas City Star story, and then um, you can comment on that reporter's story and say, hey, you know, great story, but hey, here's another angle maybe you didn't think about. You can point to your own blog post. Or better yet, and actually you could do both of these things, almost all of those reporters will list their email address or their Twitter ID. So you could send them a very polite email. Don't spam them, but a polite email that says, love the story you just posted on the GAPS logo. I wrote about it too. Here's my blog post. Uh, Here's an angle you didn't think about. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also, if they have a Twitter ID, you could tweet and say, you know, so-and-so using their Twitter ID just wrote a great story on the GAP. Here's my story. It looks like we agree. Now, what you're doing in all of those cases is you're alerting that reporter that you've got some more information. Now, what's cool about this, which I love about this, and so few people know, is that tomorrow morning's Kansas City Star newspaper, the print edition, is going to be – it's going to have – 
the newest version of that story that you just found online. And so if, if they wrote a story at, um, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon, um, they're going to rewrite that story for print and they're probably doing it right now, four 30 in the afternoon, Eastern time or five 30 year time. I'm sorry, three 30 year time. And then all of a sudden you can get in that story yeah. because you found out an angle in order to get into that story. How different is that than what so many people do is just send these inane press releases about their goddamn products that <laughs> nobody cares about. <laughs> no, it's it's a- a- absolutely true. And, you know, quite frankly, that, that relationship building that you just described is, is great long-term play anyway. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, and then you get in their Rolodex and they contact you later. And um, But, I mean... It, it, this isn't theory. This works. And this is how reporters are creating stories these days. They're looking for something that's going on, and they're finding the sources that they quote by doing a Google search. So let's uh, – we're about out of time, but I want to end on one one topic that a lot of people think in terms of when they think of PR, they don't necessarily think uh, of this topic. And that's the whole idea of crowdsourcing, which is sort of yeah. a real-time phenomenon as well for – and, and – frankly, can be used for some PR angles, but also naming products, creating marketing sure. materials, getting your logo you know, judged, um, product development. Uh, I mean, how does that fall in the real-time sort of conversation? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have a chapter on crowdsourcing in, in the book, Real-Time Marketing and PR book, because I think it's an interesting approach to solving some of the problems that you just described. I mean, if you need a new logo, if you need a new company name, uh, gosh, if you're naming a book, one of my friends, Mark Levy, came up with his book title by crowdsourcing it. Yeah, uh, Guy Kawasaki's uh, new book, he's, he's got the whole cover design was crowdsourced. Oh, uh, was it? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So crowdsourcing simply means that you put a request out to your followers through Twitter or, or your blog or some other mechanism and then uh, request that people submit their um, their ideas, whether it's a, a logo design or a, a book title or whatever. Now, I, I included it in the real-time book because you can do that. You can create an outcome much more quickly in many mm-hmm. cases mm-hmm. Than, you, than you can if you hire an expert to come in and help you, like a branding agency or something, uh, or if you, if you put it to committees in, within your own organization. I mean, I, I worked for some some larger organizations in my career and a naming process to name a, to name a product <laughs> could take literally months, yeah. you know, it's just awful. It's an awful, awful situation. And so why not put it out to the crowd? One of, one of the reasons to put it out to the crowd is because you can come up with an answer much more quickly yeah. uh, than you, than you could otherwise. An example of, of that is uh, Kodak has a, a series of small handheld digital video cameras um, that are, by the way, made for filming YouTube videos. Um, and, and they've traditionally gone by these wacky names like, you know, the ZI-8 and the ZI-6 and all this, you know, very sort of stark kind of, of, of product names. And they came up with a waterproof digital video camera. It's small. It costs like 150 bucks. And they crowdsourced the name. And the crowd came up with the name Kodak PlaySport. And it's a great name. It's a fantastic name. Could they have come up with that? By going through to a committee, well, maybe. Could they have done it if they had hired a $50,000 branding agency? Maybe. But in virtually no time, they came up with a great name um, that was crowdsourced. They actually invited the person who came up with the name, got got some prizes and whatnot. But the code, and I own one. I have a code I play sport in my briefcase right now. I use it all the time. 
Well, David, we are running out of time. I always enjoy catching up with you, chatting with you, and I know that real-time marketing and PR is going to end up on the bookshelf next to new rules of marketing and PR as uh, as probably for a lot of folks kind of their uh, go-to resource uh, when they're trying to think about uh, ideas on how to do this stuff because it, uh, it, it as you said, you know, I almost hear uh, giddiness in your voice. I, I think you, <laughs> I am. you, you, I am. you enjoy this stuff. And I think you see, you know, for people, that, people that really get it, you know, I do. I, it, I love, yeah. I love it. I love it. I mean, my, my, my first job was on a bond trading desk and I lived the real time world for a couple of years. And it just, it's so cool. You can apply the ideas of bond trading to, to marketing and whoa, how cool is that? <laughs> so I, I appreciate the, appreciate the, um, the interest, um, John. And it's always good by the way, to see you in person, which you we, bet. We did last week, which is always wonderful. Yeah, we can do all the, all of this stuff in the digital world, but uh, at the, the end of the day, the we still got to have hugs and handshakes, don't we? Got it. Got to see those sneakers, man. <laughs> if I don't see those sneakers a couple times a year, I go to withdraw. <laughs> uh, well, I got I got my gray chucks on today, so ah, good, good, all right. you. Dave. Great, great to chat with you, Thanks, and man. we'll see you out there on the road again. Cool. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.